Hey, we've been doing the Set for Life series. Dun, dun. And Pastor Chris and Sue have been sharing into topics that we really feel are important to know that are going to set you up for life. And the real heart behind these series was, you know, we love, I, I love at church how we preach inspirational messages, messages about how to love others, you know, that sort of stuff. But there's some stuff that's just the nitty gritty of life that we really need to get to. There's some stuff that we just, it, it's like an essential part of our journey. And so tonight I want to preach a message uh, called Worlds Apart. And there's some things that I really think in life, you, m- maybe we think they're just absolutely worlds apart. You know, just the polar opposites. I remember when I was a kid, the classic rivalry was Ford versus Holden. And, um, and I was a staunch Ford supporter. But like now I don't really mind as much. Like, like I'm not, I used to sit there and go, Fords are awesome and Holden's are absolute trash. But the absolute truth is that Holden makes some great cars and Ford makes some great cars. You can't deny it. You know, then we have rivalries or things that we think are worlds apart like Nike and Adidas and it's like you've got to choose one or another and uh, I, I don't know if you realise which one I chose tonight um, but just, just making it plain and obvious you've got Queensland and New South Wales in the state of origin you've got Apple versus PC you've got iPhone versus the cheaper Android devices uh, you've got everything like there's all these things that come across and we think that they're absolute rivals. But really, they're actually very quite similar and they often complement each other quite well. Like, I mean, God bless whoever invented salted caramel because, I mean, you got salt and you got caramel and they're like different, but then you mix them together and oof, I just can't help myself. Every time I go to an ice cream shop, it's like, They'll have all these other flavours, but salted caramel is where I keep going back to. Salted caramel lovers in the house, anyone? Yeah? Oh, man. So, so good. Uh, Other things that you think are complete opposites, but end up actually being pretty okay together. Jake Peralta and Raymond Holt. They are just... They are just complete opposites. But... They just work together so well. So some things that we think are worlds apart actually do, do so well together. Coldplay and Jay-Z. Oh man, if anyone knows a song I'm talking about, that's a good song. Everyone would say that they're the, you know, some of these things we think about, like they're the opposite and they actually war each other, but actually they can be the perfect complement. And so tonight, what I want to talk about is science and faith. Because this is something, this is something that we all sort of need to tackle as we go through life, sometimes we think that they're actually worlds apart. But I want you to really take notice of my wording. I didn't say science versus faith. I, took to, I said science and faith. And I wonder if you think that they're worlds apart. Maybe, uh, like I, I know people who have avoided watching The Big Bang Theory, the TV show, purely because of the name. And that's just someone who thinks that Science and faith are just complete worlds apart. I know people have turned off the radio every time Dr. Carl comes on because he's got some explanation for something and they're like, I'm not having a bar of this one. You know, I've got, I know people who immediately switch off on the other end of the scale when they hear about God because they're grounded in logic and scientific theory and they just think God could not be compatible with science. So these two things that we think are worlds apart, I want to have a look at them and maybe ask the question, do we actually have to choose one or the other or can they coexist? 
and you know, science, it, it's taken some amazing ground in the last century. Well, in, in the last thousand years even, you know, science has done an amazing job of explaining how things work in the world. And in discovering how things work, we can actually start to see some differences between what we're discovering and what the Bible says. And there's no sort of um, way of hiding around that. Like, we all agree that the earth is a sphere, right? Like, it's well documented. Some guy got a photo of it. And, um, but yet, we find in Job chapter 37, verse 3, the Bible, it says, it's talking about God, he unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. Now, if it's a sphere, then there's no end to the earth, but... Okay, Isaiah 11 verse 12, he will raise a signal for the nations and assemble the banished of Israel and gather dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And when I look at this, I think, you know, does this mean that the Bible is actually trying to say that the earth is flat because it's got corners and it's got ends? And um, we all sort of had this debunked when Shane Willard came here. And the answer is uh, pretty obviously not actually, because, and, and here's where we get tripped up people can sort of go, well, the Bible's wrong about science because it thinks the earth's flat, so therefore it must be wrong about God. But the authors here, they're not trying to write a science book. They're trying to write poems of praise and awe and wonder to their God. See, see, no one follows the Batuta advocate on Instagram and sits there and gets angry because the facts are wrong. Because they're not trying to put out facts. They're putting out funny, uh, satirical articles and posts that just make us laugh. No one cares about if it's fact or not. And it's like when I tell my nan that, um, you know, when I was explaining to her her new computer and I was explaining that her computer is warming up, you know, her computer doesn't actually need to warm up. It's fine at the temperature that it is. But I wasn't going to sit there and say, well, first your computer has to run a boot sequence in where it figures out if all the essential hardware is there. And then once it figures out that it's all there and it's all well and good, then it loads the kernel into the RAM. And the kernel essentially gets the operating system into the RAM as well. And then the BIOS does a passover to the operating system, which then loads all your device drivers. And your device drivers are what controls all of the hardware. So then it figures out, is all the same hardware there that was there when I was installed? Because if it's not, then that means I might be a pirate copy of the software. And then once I figure out if I'm a genuine copy of the software and we move on, then I start to do things like connect to the internet and I start to do genuine checks like that. And then all my programs begin to look like, I don't need to tell my nan that. I can just tell her, hey, it's warming up. And she gets the concept, right? Like no one's, my nan is not getting angry at me because scientifically I'm being inaccurate. And the problem is when we look at the Bible and we go, ah, but it's inaccurate about science. Well, actually, the authors are not trying to write a science book in the first place. I was simply providing a gateway to help my nan understand the state of the computer. And if the writer's goal was praise, and it was, then they wouldn't have been worried about being scientifically accurate. And if we look to the to the Bible to answer science questions, then we'll quickly find that it's not accurate. There's no hiding that. And that is the problem. That is the problem that we deal with. And I want to look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. We all probably know it. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And right here, we notice that the Bible, even from the very first verse, the focus is on who, not the how. It doesn't say how the earth was created or anything like that. It just says, in the beginning, God. 
And it begins to talk about God and it begins to uncover God. The Bible is not trying to explain how creation happened. And even in the earlier verses that we looked at, the authors, you know, they were, they were making a big deal about who God is, not about how creation works. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the part that the Bible and our faith plays. You know, the Bible is in discovering who God is. And the job of science, well, I think that's actually discovering and understanding how it's all done. So if we can just get our mindset into that, little, into that framework, we already set ourselves up for a win. We already set ourselves up for life. And so that's what I want to look at tonight. Otherwise, we're going to find something that we were never meant to find, and we'll get answers to questions that we weren't even asking. But the first thing that I want to put out there to you guys, my first thought tonight, is that questions are actually good. Questions are good. You know, following Jesus does not mean that we immediately switch off our brain. The science and faith are not incompatible. Actually, we are encouraged to switch on our brain. You don't stop asking questions about science or faith. We're not blind believers. We're not blind followers. You actually are encouraged to switch on your brain. And just because you ask questions doesn't mean you don't have a faith in God. I had teachers and I had people that I looked up to that would shut me down if I started to ask questions about science. And they're like, oh, don't even go there. You know, it'll rattle your faith with God. And, but actually, scientists, like there's this guy called Galileo. I'm sure you've all heard of him. He's an Italian scientist who uh, lived in the 1600s. And um, basically, he invented this big telescope. And... Um, and he confirmed what everyone else was already thinking, that the earth was not the center of the universe. And all these Christians thought it was against scripture. And they were like hollering at him. And Gal- Galileo basically said this back to him. And I love this quote. I don't feel obliged to believe that the same God that gave us the senses, reason and intellect intended us to forego their use. I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with senses, reason, and intellect also intended us to forego their use. In other words, God made our brain. God gave us reason. God wants us to use our minds to better understand the world that he made. Even if it means rethinking old concepts, and the church has had to rethink some concepts, e.g. the whole flat earth thing, e.g. the whole center of the universe thing. You know, I love that we are actually encouraged to use our brains. And I love that when we look at Jesus, he actually responded a lot to questions. You know, where are we going to get all the bread to feed this crowd? Jesus responded to that with a miracle. When all the disciples were asking him about the parables, that's when he responded with a teaching moment. When they were on the boat out on the lake and, and they were like, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? That's when Jesus did something amazing. Like, like every miracle that Jesus had seems to be preceded by someone being curious and asking a question. Is it okay for a man to divorce his wife? Man, that's when, that's when Jesus had a moment where he was able to teach and uncover a new truth about God. So actually, it's quite okay to ask questions. And I want to encourage all of us, let's not shut our brains down. When it comes to science and faith, man, let's, let's, let's open, our, uh, open our brain and actually ask questions because that's when we can truly discover God, who he is, and, uh, and more about his creation. So first off, just needed to clear that up. Questions are good. Don't switch your brain off. And the second thing that you need to know is that questions are actually only fruitful if you ask the right source. Because you can have the best question in the world, but if you ask the wrong question, you'll be left hanging. 
So if, you're, if you are asking relationship advice from someone who has had seven boyfriends in the last year, then you, know, you, might, be, you might get some bad advice. But if you ask some relationship advice from a couple who have been married for 50 years, you're going to get some pretty good advice. So just because the question's good doesn't mean that you're going to get the answer that you actually need. We actually have to ask the right source. And that's why I was talking about the who and the, he- and the how. You know, um, we had a young adults event last night and a couple of people came over to my house afterwards. And um, one of the people that was there actually said that they had a question or they had this thought about God that they actually have heard answers for, but they weren't quite satisfied with all the answers that they had gotten so far in life. And I just know that that question has an answer. And, um, and, and we moved on before without it turning into a huge conversation. And, um, and I know that there's answers there, but you know, so far that person was like, you know what, like, I just, I'm not satisfied quite yet. And that just shows, you know, some of the questions we have, maybe we've held onto them for a long time. Maybe we've held onto them for so long that we've shut them down. But I want to encourage us to, to not just op- open up about them, but we've got to open up about them to the right people. And so we, when we look at the Bible, that's the best place to ask about who God is. And about science, that's the best place to ask about how God created it all. So I've got these two areas here. We've got faith on this side and uh, I've got science on the other side. And um, there's a number of questions that faith can answer and there's a number of questions that science can answer. And I think it's really important that we get them the right way around and we don't run to the other area because otherwise we're going to get it all mixed up. So the first one is the supernatural when it comes to our faith. The supernatural. What is the supernatural? You know, these things, these things that seem to happen in the Bible that are just beyond absolute reason. Supernatural. You can't explain them. When we look at that, we can sit there and we, and we can go, I actually don't know if I believe this really happened because there's no scientific theory to promote it. But like I said earlier, what kind of question is it answering? It's answering who God is. The supernatural is not trying to say something about creation. The supernatural is trying to say about how far God would go to help his people. Same thing with the parables. Now, this is pretty easy because it's in the definition of the word of the parable that it's actually a fictional story. But we're not sitting here looking at parables as if they were true stories that actually happened. We're looking at who is God in the middle of this. You know, is Jesus actually someone who runs after fluffy sheep, not really, but we're just finding about, out about the kind of God that he is. So if you want to know about who God is, don't run to science. Man, this is, this is, this is the Bible's territory. What else do we have here? We have cre- creation. Faith wants to answer questions about creation, but are you seeing a common theme here? It's about who God is. When we look at creation, we're not answering a scientific question. We're answering, man, like, wow, how amazing How big is God that he could create the whole universe? Man, that shows me that what that's saying to me is God is so big that he has everything in his hands. God is so big that no matter what I have, it's within his realm of control. That's the answer that I'm getting from from that situation. And the last one is miracles, which I've already begun to sort of explain a bit around the supernatural. But man, that's that's the sort of questions that we get answered. And then uh, that'll probably just take me too long to do, so I'm not going to do it. But that's science. And the, and the answers that we get from science, you know, what we look to science for, 
things like physics, biology. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking for that in the Bible. If I want to know um, that sort of stuff, you know, there's great scientists who have cr- uh, taken great ground in those areas. Biology, astronomy, logic, all of that sort of stuff. I can find that in the realm of science. But I'm not looking in here for does God exist? I'm not looking in here for what kind of person is God. I'm not looking in here for, you know, did Jesus exist or something like that? Because that's a question that's answered over in the faith section. And I actually think when we get this balanced the right way, then you can sit in uni, you can sit in your, in your physics class or whatever they're called, you know, your biology class, your chemistry class, you can actually sit in them, hear about how the world works and it can actually grow your faith because you, you, you hear the intricacies of how the world works and you start to go, wow, like God is just amazing how big he is, like what everything that he's created. It doesn't have to contradict your faith, but it actually can grow your faith. Your faith can actually grow as you explore science. And when you read the Bible and you hear about the supernatural things that are just absolutely wild, then uh, you can let it teach you about who God is and the sorts of things that he does to show you that he cares about you. You know, I, I just, I don't really get why people go out and try and find the ruins of the ark or, you know, try and find all of that sort of stuff because it's like, you've probably just missed the point of the story. Like, can you just get what God is trying to say to you through that story? Just let it prove something to you about the nature of God. Okay, so my main point that I really wanted to focus on tonight is about where we build our faith. And um, because if, if we build our faith, you know, purely on, uh, on, on what the Bible says in a literal sense, it's going to come crumpling down. And if we start looking to science to answer questions about our faith, then it's going to come crumpling down. And my, and my last point is that we've got to build our faith on Jesus. And, you know, even when we look in the right places for answers, sometimes we don't actually find them. And I think we need to be okay with that. I have questions about who God is. I have questions about God that I want answered. But some of it's not even in the Bible, even though I'm looking in the right place. Some of my questions don't even have answers. Some questions about science that we have, we don't even have answers for it. No one can even accurately predict the weather yet. Like, we can get something general, but, like, like honestly, we've been around for so long. No one can actually predict the weather with 100% accuracy. And uh, that actually just shows to me a little bit that, that um, if you can't explain it naturally, then God might be having a supernatural presence in his creation. But, um, you know, there's some questions that we will never have answers to, even if we look in the science, even if we look into faith, and we've got to be okay with not having answers. Because we're trying to use our limited brains, our puny pea-sized brains, to try and comprehend some things that are actually incomprehensible. And so I really want to encourage us that our faith is actually built on a person, and it's not built on a view or any sort of single explanation. Learning something new in science doesn't have to discount our faith because our faith was always in the person controlling the universe, not our understanding of how he did it. Our faith is actually built on a person and his name's Jesus Christ. And so, you know, there's always going to be aspects about life and about creation that will challenge our beliefs, but it doesn't have to destroy our faith. In fact, it can grow our faith even in, an, in a new way because even when we don't see the how, we can still be connected to the who. I don't understand everything about the, how the world works, but, but I can tell you, plain and obvious, I have had a very personal relationship with Jesus. 
Like, I, I, I have prayed and I have really felt him answer. You know, I, I don't hear an audible voice from God, but I have felt peace when I've asked for it, where naturally someone else, anyone else in the same situation as me would stress out, have a panic attack. I have felt peace from God even in some of the hardest situations. And I just know that that's because I've asked God and immediately I felt peace straight away because I prayed about it. And that's just one small example. Uh, but, you know, there's miracles that people have witnessed before. Uh, that, that's just something that they just go, you know what? Like this relationship that I have with God, that's enough for me. I don't need to understand everything. I don't have to be Wikipedia um, to have a, come to a conclusion that Jesus is real in my life. John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26 says, Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will have life even if they die. And this verse, it doesn't say those who gain logical understanding of how God works will have life. It just says those who believe in me. And so it's, it's more like, do you believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Jesus is not asking us to come to scientific conclusions. So I don't feel bad if someone asks me a science question and I don't actually have the answer. That's okay with me because I have a relationship that's, and a faith that's built on Jesus Christ and no one can take that away from me. In, um, in America, when Richard Nixon was president, um, there was a bunch of spies or like people that were caught breaking into the opposition party's main headquarters. And um, if you know about this, it's called Watergate. Um, and because that's the name of the facility and basically they broke in and no one actually knows what they were trying to do it was kind of covered up a little bit but they were trying to steal some documents or something like that from the um, opposing political party and um, and then Richard Nixon tried to cover it up and these these six men they tried to cover it up as well and 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 they pretended like they weren't connected to um, Richard Nixon but then they managed to draw the lines through the cash that they had which came from a slush fund which was from Richard Nixon's thing and then there was like a tape um, that of Richard Nixon on the phone anyway the point is it was all eventually exposed and I love this quote from Charles W. Colson he says I know that the resurrection is a fact and Watergate that whole situation I just said proved it to me And how so? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. And then they proclaimed it as truth for 40 years. And they never once denied it. Each one of them was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. And they would not have endured that if it wasn't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep it a lie even for three weeks. And you're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years while being beaten, tortured, and put in prison? Absolutely impossible. That's just, that's just one thought about how I think about this. And I just know that, you know, it's never been disproven, the fact that Jesus was a real person who lived on this earth, and the fact that those 40, those men, those 12 men, never once denied it. You know, I would have given up the joke pretty quickly if it was fake, if I was being beaten, tortured... I, was not, I wouldn't hold on to that for 40 years. And like, that's, not, that's not the case that my faith is resting on. I'm just providing a little example there. But I'm just saying, like, man, if your faith is based on the resurrection, then um, 
Nothing can topple it. So the question isn't whether Jesus lived, but whether we actually believe that he is who, we, who he said that he is. And our faith is not built on being able to prove theories about how God created the universe or whether traditional understanding of specific events is completely accurate. Instead, our faith is actually built on a person who we believe is the God behind all scientific understanding. And so I want you to just remember one thing this week, and that's, you know, you can, you can trust someone before you know everything. And, and that's, what, that's what this whole faith journey is about. We're just trusting in God with our lives and trusting in Jesus, even though we don't have all the answers. And so, hey, you don't have to shy away from hard questions. You can still explore them and keep your faith intact because who God is and because of who God is and, and the person behind all of creation is what our faith is in. I'm going to finish up and I just want to pray for us really quickly because I know that so many of us find ourselves um, in situations where we're battling people who are just really slamming Christianity and it's on the basis of science versus faith. Um, and truth be told, I, I wish I could sit here and preach for a, another hour and talk about you know, talk about the Big Bang Theory and, and talk about um, the fourth dimension and, and, and heaps of other things that I've um, personally looked into and just like, it's blown my mind like how much God and faith and science actually can coexist. But, but rather than throw all these examples at you, I simply wanted to provide a framework for us so that we know how we think. So if someone's coming at you, coming at your faith, with the basis of science, you can go, you know what, actually, I'm not asking science to answer questions about my faith. My faith is, 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 is built on Jesus Christ. And if someone's trying to ask you scientific questions about the Bible, then it's like, hey, man, the Bible ain't trying to answer scientific questions. It's trying to paint a picture of who God is. And uh, I know that so many of us find ourselves in conversations like that. And um, so I just want to pray for us right now. God, I thank you that, first of all, that you gave us a Bible so that we can learn more about you and who you are. But God, I just pray that we would never find ourselves in a, in a situation where our faith is crumpling because we're finding our questions, the answers to our questions in the wrong location. God, I pray that when we have questions, you'll help us to articulate it in a, in a good way and help us to um, ask it of the right people and of the right sources, Lord. And, uh, and just through it all, Lord, I just pray that you'd help our faith to be built, not on any specific understanding of how the world works, but just based on who you are. God, show us who you are. Give each and every one of us a personal experience of your love so that we can base our lives off that and, and no one can ever take that away from us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can everyone just stand with me right now? Um, we get to this point in the service every week and... Uh, and this is something that's really important to us, that we give you an opportunity to respond to what you've heard. And tonight, obviously, I, I went down a bit of a hard line there, but I still truly believe that every moment God is actually calling out. God has got his hand out and, and he's saying like, hey, like if you want to come on the journey, if you want to put your faith and trust in me, like, let's do it. Let's live a life that you've never dreamed of before. And... And so right now, if, if that's you, if you want to respond to the Word of God, this is your opportunity. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a moment. But, um, but let's all just close our eyes right now, just so that we can create a bit of a moment of privacy and also so that you're not distracted. 
you can have a little bit of a think to yourself about where you're at. And maybe your faith's been rattled before. Maybe you've even walked away from faith because of the questions that science has asked that your faith couldn't answer. Maybe you've found yourself in church a number of times and you're really just starting to learn about who Jesus is and, and, and you want to take that step tonight to put your faith in Him. The Bible does say that we were designed to do life with God. It's, it says that we were meant to walk with God in our everyday life. But due to sin and mistakes, things that we think, say, do, it pulls us away from God. Sin pulls us away. And, and I, what I love is that Jesus came to restore the relationship that we had with God. And that's what you can respond to right now tonight. You can respond with a spirit of faith and trust. Faith meaning that you have faith that what he did was actually for you. And trust meaning that you're willing to let over a bit of control of your own life and give that over to God. And if that's you tonight, if you, if you want to begin the journey of, with Jesus, if you want to put Jesus at the center of your life tonight, I want to pray with you. So everyone, just let's just keep our eyes closed right now. And uh, if that's you, just pop your hand up because I want to pray for you right now. Is there anyone here? Yep, awesome. Thanks, mate. Anyone else? Yep, two. Awesome. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else here? Two people already. Just want to pray for you this week. Even if you're just coming back to God, I want to pray for you right now. Just pop your hand up. Anyone else here tonight? Great. Thank you. You can pop your hand down. Three people already. Anyone else? Okay, cool. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus, for these three people who just put their hands up then that want to put you back in the center of their life. And, uh, and I pray for anyone else who's just made that decision, even if they didn't put their hand up, if they just were saying it in their heart. God, I pray that you'd be, make yourself real to them this week. God, that you'd give them an experience where they know that you are real, where they just feel loved, where they feel at peace, whatever they need in their life. God, be with them. And, uh, and I just pray that you'll give them, um, give them the courage to just begin walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to say this prayer. We're going to say it out loud and we're going to say it together. And um, this is just a prayer that uh, authenticates the decision that you've just made just then. So let's all pray. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Awesome. Can we give a round of applause for those people that just made that decision? I'm really excited for you guys as you go out this week with hopefully a new frame of thinking. And if you already had that frame of thinking, then that's awesome. Why don't you ask some hard questions at the after party tonight and just get some discussion going. Questions are good. And let's let it build our faith and build our faith in the right ways on Jesus Christ. Hey, cool.